0: Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me into the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Dear Heavenly Father, we are humbled by your perfect knowledge of us. We invite you to search our hearts and minds to illuminate areas where we might be harboring judgment, resentment, or unkindness towards others or ourselves. Help us to be self-reflective to see ourselves as you see us, not to condemn, but to grow in grace. Teach us to approach others with the same grace and understanding you show us. Give us the courage to confront our faults and the humility to accept your guidance. Help us to always remember that our identity is rooted in you and that through you, we have the ability to change, grow, and better reflect your image. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to Prey News, where hope is our only bias. Today's news at a glance, Barbenheimer is sweeping the nation. A recent censorship hearing featuring RFK Jr. sparks party debates, and Trump's trial is scheduled during peak campaign season. We are grateful you're here, and that you trust us to inform you on the news and encourage you with the gospel. We don't take that for granted. Hopefully, today's take on the news blesses you. If you've been impacted by Prey News, consider rating us and writing a review. We would love for more people to get a chance to find us and be impacted by the truth. We'll dive headfirst into the news after a quick word from these sponsors. Our first story of today is about the phenomenon Barbenheimer. The twin cinematic sensation, quote, Barbenheimer, made up of Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and Greta Gerwig's Barbie, opened across North American theaters over the weekend. This unusual pop culture amalgamation has rapidly captured the public imagination inspiring everything from memes and merchandise to intense debates over the preferred viewing and order of a double feature. At first glance, the coupling of these wildly different movies seems downright silly. Yet with its capacity for nurturing the odd and celebrating the funky, the online community managed to morph this unexpected pairing into a cultural phenomenon known as Barbenheimer. This Frankenstein's monster of a weekend double feature created waves at the box office and people could not be more stoked. Christopher Nolan, the mastermind behind the tenant Interstellar in the Dark Knight trilogy, offered a gritty exploration of the atomic bomb's creation in Oppenheimer. Conversely, Greta Gerwig, a feminist icon behind Little Women and Lady Bird, brings us a playful take on childhood staple Barbie. Simultaneously, the combined strength of their respective fan bases and the film's high-profile cast paved the way for their individual success. Both these movies, in their opposite natures, somehow bolstered one another up. And so everybody went this weekend for double feature after double feature. And it sparked all these debates. Are you going to see Barbie first? Are you going to see Oppenheimer first? What is the best pairing? And it also paired a bunch of collaborations with merchandise. The nostalgia, inherent fun, and ubiquity of the Barbie brand, combined with the public's eagerness to return to the movie theater after the COVID-induced hiatus, have created a unique cultural moment. Barbie as a franchise has managed to adapt to the visual trends of platforms like Instagram and TikTok, feeding to audiences curiosity and nostalgia while hinting at possible subversive feminist undertones. On the other hand, the somber and impactful narrative of Oppenheimer may be just what the audience needs to balance the vibrant energy of Barbie. This unusual cinematic duality offers an escape from reality, an emotional roller coaster. The marketing brilliance behind Barbenheimer has been its unavoidable presence, made possible through a series of strategic partnerships with different brands across industries. This has not only expanded the reach of both films, but also generated a mutually beneficial halo effect, boosting interest and potential audience numbers for both. Now, where do we begin with offering a Christian commentary here? On a simpler and lighthearted note, it's beautiful to see people's God-given talents on display. When people use their creativity to inspire people and tell stories that matter, they are living as image bearers of God. We are all stamped with creativity because we are made in the image of a creative God. On a more serious note, both these movies explore some tough topics and some controversial topics as well. Oppenheimer allows us to reflect on the ethical implications of scientific advancement and the complex interplay of power, knowledge, and responsibility. This film can open up discussions about peace, justice, and the Christian call to be stewards of God's creation. We, like all of humanity, are capable of incredible things. But that same potential could be applied to evil, war, and destruction. Movies like Oppenheimer invite us to consider the words of Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, with Barbie, it can help us explore themes that impact us, like consumer culture, gender, and the meaning of true beauty, which goes beyond physical appearance. Barbie has been villainized in the past for creating unhealthy beauty standards in young girls, but now it's being embraced by Hollywood. Is this an act of hypocrisy, or are they trying to bend it towards a positive message? Another question that many believers might be asking is, is it a sin to see movies like these? Is it a sin to watch a movie that clearly displays other sins? Is it a sin for me to watch a movie that glorifies other sins as well, or puts them on display and acts like they're okay? What comes to mind is the scripture when Jesus says, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, is Jesus telling us to dismember ourselves? Not necessarily. In many ways, what God is asking of us if anything causes us to stumble, or if anything causes us to sin, then we ought to remove that from our lives. So that threshold is going to be different for every single believer. If you've had an issue with cursing and language that isn't glorifying to God, well perhaps it wouldn't be an appropriate thing for you to surround yourself with movies and TV shows and songs that are always cursing, always slandering. It's a matter of what stumbles us and what keeps us away from God. So As believers, we have to have discernment, we have to lean on the Holy Spirit, and we have to make sure that we're not stumbling ourselves into sin or the people around us. Us being informed on all of these things and having healthy discussions around them is ultimately going to help us. As we head to the theaters, let's consider the powerful narratives of these films and let's look inward. Let's take personal inventory at our own sin and our own lives and our own creativity. And let's take the opportunity to ponder, discuss, and reflect on them from a faith-based perspective. That being said, let's lift the story in some prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for discernment as we navigate these powerful narratives. Barbie, Oppenheimer, it's a fun cultural phenomenon, but may these films not only serve as entertainment, but also spark meaningful discussions about societal and ethical issues. We pray that as we engage with these stories, we are inspired to reflect on our own values established in your word, and that we're reminded constantly of your call to be responsible stewards of your creation, and responsible stewards of the creativity you've given us. May you inspire us to be creative, think creatively, and appreciate the creativity in one another. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This next story has to do with censorship and presidential candidates and vaccines. So, loaded with controversy, but hopefully we can navigate it in a respectful way. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. gave a testimony to Congress last Thursday on the topic of social media censorship and the weaponization of the government to silence dissenting opinions fueled fiery exchanges between Democrats and Republicans. There were many topics discussed during the four-hour hearing. Topics range from censorship of figures like RFK Jr. and alternative views on vaccine efficacy and also broad strokes at weaponization of the federal government to attack dissenting political opinions by labeling them misinformation. You've no doubt seen that around. People labeling things as misinformation or fake news. All of these are branded attacks at certain points of views that people don't agree with. RFK Jr., who is a Democratic candidate, was invited by Republicans to testify at this hearing. He was, however, uninvited by Democratic representatives the day up. GOP representatives saw Democrats' attempts to uninvite Mr. Kennedy as an attempt of censoring a censorship hearing, quote-unquote. Democrats, however, accused the Republican counterparts of co-signing Kennedy's controversial views on vaccines. There were a lot of controversial subjects that were brought up, and there was a lot of contentious debate. There was a lot of accusations, and there was a lot of apologies as well. It was a very interesting hearing to listen into. One of the main takeaways from the hearing was how Robert Kennedy Jr., a Democratic candidate for president, found himself under fire from his fellow Democrats, his own party. The ones who backed him were, interestingly enough, members of the Republican Party. This reveals a subtle shift in both parties. The ties between Kennedy and Republicans were exposed by ranking member Stacey Plaskett. Plaskett drew attention to Jason Boyle's, uh, treasurer of Kennedy's super PAC, Heal the Divide, who is also listed as a treasurer for committees supporting several Republican representatives. Democrats contend that Republicans are using Kennedy to diminish President Biden's chances in the upcoming 2024 general election. So, as a Christian news outlet, it's essential for us to assess this development through the lens of faith. Keep in mind, it's a censorship hearing. It's about free speech. It's about how much power does the government or how much authority should the government have in social media? The Bible calls all of us to seek truth, understanding, and to dialogue about what truth is. And we are also called to pursue peace in all matters. Proverbs 2, Romans 14 are specific to this. This process of finding the truth, this process of discussing what is truth, what is lies, this process is hinged on freedom of information So the process of finding truth is definitely hindered when information is censored or dismissed without valid reason. When things are dismissed as misinformation or things are dismissed as fake news, we can really dilute the uh, true pursuit of truth that comes through honest dialogue. The Bible also instructs us to respect those in authority, though. Romans 13 specifically goes through this. And we're also called to pray for those in authority in 1 Timothy 2. This includes not just our government officials, not just the people that we have elected, but also includes all the scientists, health experts that were navigating the pandemic of this time. Often in challenging circumstances, we're wanting someone to blame for the challenge. And the censorship hearing greatly had to do with defending a lot of healthcare professionals that were under fire from people like Kennedy. The polarization over vaccines, natural immunity, all of these things that were covered in this hearing call us to foster understanding and respectful dialogue when we are seeking the truth. Seeking truth honestly, but also for the purpose of love. Ephesians 4.15 calls us to speak the truth in love. This doesn't equate to using the truth as a weapon to harm or accuse others. Instead, truth should be shared with love, respect, and intention to build up, not tear down. Contentious figures like RFK Jr. are bound to spur debates like this. And as Christians, we must hold all of our leaders or all of our potential leaders to the standard of encouraging civil, constructive debates. That's why one of the highlights of this entire hearing were when both congressmen and RFK Jr. would clarify their points and apologize where they were maybe wrong. It was a really beautiful thing to see. So in this way, we can play our part in reflecting the love of Christ in a divided world. And here we are. We're going to pray for the entire thing. Dear Lord, we lift up our nation's leaders as they navigate complex and divisive issues. We pray for wisdom and discernment as they make decisions that impact our country and our world. We ask for unity, respect, and understanding in their discussions, particularly around sensitive topics such as censorship and vaccine efficacy. Help them to communicate truth with love and humility, avoiding the weaponization of information, and instead fostering constructive debates that honor you. We love you, Lord, and we trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our last story of today is yet another chapter in this wild legal saga surrounding the former president, Donald Trump. As Judge Aline Cannon set a trial date for May 24th regarding Trump's handling of classified documents after leaving office, the decision ensures the proceedings will unfold during the thick of the election cycle, rejecting Trump's efforts to delay the trial until after the 2024 presidential campaign in which he is currently the Republican frontrunner. Now, it does seem reasonable that the trial should take place before the election on the off chance that President Donald Trump is found guilty. However, in case you were worried that this was unfair to the former president, the judge didn't actually fully side with the Justice Department, who had requested a December start date. She stated that the government's proposed schedule is atypically accelerated and inconsistent with ensuring a fair trial. Trump and his legal team pleaded not guilty last month, arguing that a fair trial could only occur after the election due to the complexities of preparation during the campaign season. Prosecutors disputed these claims, suggesting that a December date would provide ample time for preparation. They stated that the case did not present new questions of fact or law and claimed to have already provided Trump's team with all evidence related to the case. Despite these arguments, Judge Cannon deemed that Trump's team needed additional time to review what she described as a trove of evidence likely to increase as the trial date approaches. She said, and I quote, and while the government has taken steps to organize and filter the extensive discovery, no one disagrees that defendants need adequate time to review and evaluate it on their own accord, unquote. This case has attracted considerable attention particularly due to Judge Cannon's past rulings in favor of the former president, such as appointing an external arbiter to review documents seized from Mar-a-Lago. However, her decision was later overturned by an appeals court panel. This trial adds to a growing list of legal challenges for the former president, as it was announced earlier this week that Trump is the target of a separate investigation concerning efforts to reverse his 2020 election loss culminating in the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Up until now, Trump's popularity with his own base has seemed to remain steady and unwavering. However, there are rumblings of change with the growing number of legal allegations. Trump's top donors are beginning to shift slightly. People who donated to his campaign before are starting to donate to candidates such as Tim Scott and Ron DeSantis. You wonder if they're starting to prepare for the worst here. The process of justice can be long and complicated, just as this ongoing legal saga illustrates. But we take solace in the biblical assurance that the Lord loves justice. And we are going to seek His guidance and wisdom as we navigate these complex times, not making too many assumptions before anything's proven. We're reminded of our duty to pray for our leaders as well, current and former, that they may be guided by wisdom and a commitment to truth, justice, and the well-being of all people. We thrive in a nation when our leaders are held accountable. So, it's our hope that all involved in this case and those observing from afar are led to a greater understanding of truth, justice, and the imperative of ethical conduct regardless of one's station in life. Let's conclude today by lifting this story up in prayer. Heavenly Father, We ask for your presence in the legal proceedings involving the former president. Grant wisdom and discernment to all involved that they might see truth and justice. We pray for our nation as it navigates this challenging time, asking for peace and unity. We pray for unity amongst your body, that people of differing political opinions can unite under the name of Christ. We also pray for our leaders, present and future, that they may act with integrity in the best interests of all people. We love you, Lord, and we trust you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Pray News. It is our aim to be informed and transformed. If you found this take on the news to be impactful, consider rating us and writing a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We pray today that you would proceed with hope, love, and determination to be a force for good. And join us daily for Pray News, where hope is our only bias.